All right. Appreciate the singing tonight. If you've uh, got your Bible, I'm going to ask you to flip it uh, over uh, to Genesis chapter number 19 uh, and hold that spot and then flip it over to Luke chapter number 5. We're going to be looking at two areas of Scripture tonight. I'm just going to bring my text uh, from Genesis 19 uh, as we've been studying the life of Abraham. Uh, I want to keep it in context of Abraham's life. But the example uh, that we're going to use comes from Luke chapter 5. So just two spots of scripture that uh, I'm going to get you to hold for us tonight. Uh, so when you got your spot, I'm going to get you to stand and reverence God. Prayer over the word and message tonight. So you please stand with us if you're physically able. Genesis chapter number 19, verse number 29 is what I'll be using for our text tonight. And the Bible says, and it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham. That is exactly what I'm interested in tonight how God remembered Abraham. And the Bible says, and he sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. Tonight, with God helping me, I want to preach a simple message entitled, Asking According to God's Will. Asking According to God's Will. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, We ask you now, Lord Jesus, to bless this time together in the good house of God. Lord, as we've come and ready for worship, uh, we felt your Holy Spirit. Now I pray that you take this uh, word tonight, season it with the Holy Ghost of God. Speak to hearts, change lives, help us to have a better understanding of prayer. And what we see is maybe an unanswered prayer is more of your will than what we know. God, help us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated in the presence of God tonight. Everything that we have preached these last few weeks with Lot and uh, his wife, and we even could look at the latter parts of this Uh, text in chapter 19 and see his daughters. Uh, And let me go ahead and tell you what happens in case you've never read this story before. Uh, The daughters, when they get there and they realize that there, you know, there is no other uh, men around, well, you can put and read between the line what takes place there. And so uh, I said all of that just to say this, uh, if you lay with a dog with fleas, you will get up with fleas. If you run around with the wrong crowd long enough, it rubs off on you. Uh, me and my daughter had a good talk on the way home about that. About She said, Daddy, what did you mean when you said you, uh, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future? And I told her this. I said, uh, uh, you show me the people that you hang around and run around with, and they will rub off on you if you're not careful. If you're not careful, they will rub... It always seems to happen that way. They rub off, the habits rub off. Well, anyway, I'm not after that tonight, but we could go there, but I just don't feel led to. But what I do feel led to do tonight 
is look at the verse 29 that God remembered. He remembered Abraham. This all started with Abraham's prayer life. This all started when the angels had a visit and they told Abram, they said, we, we're not going to hide what we're about to do. Well, we serve a bold God. God doesn't tiptoe through the tulips and God doesn't walk on eggshells. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's about time the children of God quit walking on eggshells for a world that's in a handbasket going to hell if they don't get right with God. Uh, too many Christians are, are walking around, don't want to, I don't want to offend nobody. Well, your sin offends me. I'm sorry. Amen. Uh, somebody go ahead. If, if you, that, that offends me. So where's my rights in that? Uh, anyways. We serve a bold God. And this started out with God telling Abram, Abram, uh, we're about to get busy in Sodom and Gomorrah. The sin is great. Uh, we've heard the cry of the people. Somebody was praying. God had heard a cry. They said, we're going down there to investigate some things. If it's as bad as we've heard, we're going to destroy you. And that's when Abraham begins to plead with them. If there's 50 righteous, if there's 40 righteous, if there's 30, if there's 20, if there's 10... He begins to plead on behalf of righteous people. So this all has started with Abram's heart and his desire and his prayer life. And because of his prayer life, Lot is spared. Uh, understand, Lot is spared. This is the second time Abram's intervened to save Lot's life. Uh, and this is the second time. The first time when he was captured. And you remember that when he was captured? Uh, uh, boy, and, 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 and Abram, he made sure that he, he took care of business there, but now he's taking care of business again. He's, he's, he's intervening in Lot's life to save him. So this is the second time Lot has been saved. Uh, but what I began to think about in this was the simple thought that I wonder if Abraham might would have thought I just didn't see it happening that way. I wonder if Abraham would have thought, you know, I didn't expect Lot's wife to die. You see, what happens when God doesn't answer our prayers the way we had it played out in our minds? What happens to us spiritually when we've been praying and pleading with God over some kind of circumstance, some kind of situation. Maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, but we've got a plan. How many, oh Lord Jesus, how many have ever play, prayed with a plan in mind? Now don't tell me I'm the only one that's ever done that. I, I'm praying for something, but I'm already looking at the results. I'm going, this is how I would do it. God, let me pray for it, but if I was you, Lord, let me, let me go ahead and show you how I do things. Praying with a plan in mind. I, I read a story one time, true story, by the way, uh, uh, a pastor, and I, I know this guy. Um, but anyways, uh, he was pastoring a little, a little uh, Mill Hill church, and uh, the church was, uh, it, it flooded every time it rained, and it was just sitting on the Mill Hill, and uh Anyways, he, he was a great preacher, and he got a call one day from down the lower part of the state. And uh, they wanted to triple his salary. They wanted to give him a, a driving allowances, a new car. I mean, they were really just loading him up. 
and I, I could tell you his name. I, I, he, he was a great preacher. Uh, anyways, uh, he, he said, he said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll pray about it and I'll let you know if I'm going to come or not. Uh, they, 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 the story goes that he got home and said, honey, I need you to go pack. I'm going to go pray. We about to leave. Uh, anyways, they packed up. He resigned. They went to the lower part of the state and he wasn't there six months until he was out of the ministry back in the world and then had an affair in the church. Uh, he had it played out in his mind of what needed to be done, but God did not have him going to that part of the country. Anyways, Abraham by, probably did not expect that Lot's wife would die during this prayer. So this is what uh, I'm going with that. One of the most concerning things about the Christian walk is unanswered prayer. Uh, if we were honest with one another tonight, we would tell each other that there are plenty of things that we have probably prayed about that may not have seemed to be answered or they were not answered the way that we would have done it. Some of them are big, some of them are small, but I would say that they were all important to us in some way. Uh, it may have been a spouse that didn't know Jesus, and boy, we've been praying for years that they would get saved, and it seems like you know, they're, 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 God's not moving in their life. God's not convicting them, or maybe God's not uh, 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 speaking to them, and they're only getting worse. It may be a child that has gone off the rails. Uh, they've been wayward in their faith and we've prayed for them for years. And, and, you, and you say, God, you promised me that, boy, if I'd raise them up in the Lord, they, that they'd come back to it. But it seems to me uh, that they're further and further in Satan's territory. It seems to me that the devil's got them and they're never coming back to you, Lord. And, and we've prayed and we've prayed and we pray, God, where are you? It may be that you've been praying for a husband or a wife for years, but yet you're still single and you're wondering, where is that Boaz at? Where is that Boaz at? Or it may be a friend of a loved one. It may be a disease. It may be cancer. It may be world peace. I don't know if we were honest I believe we could all say that we've prayed about things for people and things just didn't work out the way we intended for them to do. How do we reconcile that? How does God, or why rather, does God seem to ignore some of the most sincere prayers that we may have? And I can give you plenty of verses uh, which come up every time I talk to someone that is struggling in faith because of unanswered prayer. We could look at James chapter number 5, one of my favorite books, some of my favorite verses. Uh, verse 15, he talks about the prayer of the faith will save the sick. He's talking about the anointing 
Uh, the anointing power when, when one is sick and they come uh, and they're anointed with oil and the, and the elders of the church gather around and they pray. And James he tells us in black and white, uh, there's no way around it that, boy, that, uh, they, uh, that the person prayed over that God would raise them up, that God would heal them. What happens when God doesn't heal them? And then we look at John 14. And Jesus says that, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone that has faith in me will do uh, what I've been doing and much more. As a matter of fact, he said, anything in my name you ask and I'll do it. What happens when we ask in the name of Jesus and it seems to go undone? Matthew 21, I tell you the truth, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. He tells us just to believe. He says, you believe it, you'll receive it. But these are promises that sometimes we claim or we stand on, but it just seems to go unanswered. This evening, we're going to take a closer look at that. And the story I want to look at is in Luke 5 now. It's the story of the leper in verse number 12. If you just flip over there. This is where I want to get our story from, with the text being that he remembered Abraham. So look with me, verse number 12. The Bible says there, And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. He fell on his face. He fell on his face to him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and he touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness, and he prayed. Now here we have a man who has leprosy. And I believe we have some very important facts here. This word is a generic word. It means a skin problem. Um, It's not necessarily leprosy as we know it today, but it is a condition concerning the skin that had no cure at all. And since there was no cure for leprosy, they were often uh, put in isolation because anyone knows today we're, we're in a, day, a great day of isolation, by the way. Uh, I don't know uh, how many of you uh, have quarantined or had to quarantine for, you know, you think about 14 days. That's a long time to be all by yourself. Well, I want to go a step further. This this quarantine was a declaration of being unclean. So they were put by themselves. This uh, had some consequences. First, you were physically isolated from society. Physically, uh, no one would come around you. There was no cure. There was no way to stop spreading the leprosy. So what they done was avoid all contact. Now imagine with me, no more embracings uh, by people who loved you. 
Uh, your children were not allowed to come and sit on your knee. Uh, or there were no more pats on the back. There were no more pats on the shoulders unless, of course, it was by another person who was unclean. So you were physically isolated, but then you were socially isolated. You were forced to live outside of the city, outside of the camp, and it was actually illegal for you to enter the city as there was a great fear that you would spread the leprosy. Boy, I'm seeing a lot of uh, symbolic things going on today and here in this country. Um, Social isolation, physical isolation, but then there was also a psychological isolation. The disease you had was regarded to everyone as disgusting. The disease you had uh, was unclean. And if you were ever around anybody by any circumstances, you had to scream at the top of your lungs, unclean, unclean. That was signifying, don't come near me, I'm unclean. Don't come. So psychologically, you had to tell everybody about your problems. Now, how would we like it today if we stopped you at the door and said, you had to tell me before you come through the doors? It's sort of like, uh, I'm not going to go there. But if you, if you get on a plane anytime soon, you, you, you'll edit that. Don't worry about it. You had to be screaming that you were unclean. Lepers could not mix in society. If you became a leper, you lost your job. If you became a leper, you became unemployed. If you became a leper, you became a beggar overnight. Uh, and this would take a psychological toll on you. It was a leper that comes to Jesus this day. This is just a leper that comes to him. And it was a leper who was covered with this disease. And he had it bad. He had probably had it for a long time. And every day, I can imagine him being consumed with two thoughts. One, what I wouldn't give to get rid of this. What I would not give if I could just get back around people. What I wouldn't do if I could just somehow, if I could just be healed, if, if somehow something would happen and something would be invented where God would intervene and God would come down and he would just take this leprosy away. What I wouldn't give. And two, I can imagine he says, I wish I was just dead. I wish that I would just die. Because of this isolation that I'm in. And one day, Jesus came to town. And where this man used to live, and he was so desperate, was he that he, he ignored the law. He, he ignored everything that he knew was right to do. And because Jesus was in town, he said, I'm going to town. He had heard that Jesus could heal him. He had heard that Jesus could help him. So he comes to Jesus and he falls on his face, the Bible says, in front of Jesus. And he makes this request. His position is a place of humility. It is one that is not standing proud with his chest puffed out. It was one where he, he laid at the feet of the Lord. Maybe he was ashamed of his appearance. I don't know. 
But I do know this. He came to Jesus in the right position, begging for help. Actually, he didn't even make a request, if you look at the text. But he makes a statement. And I think that here is one of the keys to the dilemma of unanswered prayer tonight. You see, the man with leprosy, he doesn't come and so much ask for anything, but notice with me what he does say. He says, Lord, verse 12, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, I want you to put yourself back in his shoes for just a moment. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. How many times have you and I prayed and we go immediately into everything that's wrong and everything we need? You don't got to raise your hand tonight because we've all been there, done that. Old saying was I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. We've been there where we went to the Lord knowing that God has the power to do these things, uh, uh, believing that God has the power to do these things, trusting the Lord has power to do these things, but we go to Him and the first thing we do is, is, Lord, I need this, Lord, I need that, Lord, this, that, that, do this, God, please part the waters, do this, help me walk on water. God, I need a job, God, I need this. But here we have a statement where a leprosy, a man with leprosy is, Lord, I know you can do it if it's your will. Number one tonight, if you're taking notes with me, this thing with unanswered prayer and asking God, the first thing I want you to notice is write this down. Your will. That's a big statement. Your will. You see, this leper stopped short of presuming to know God's will. You and I often don't know God's will either. We often think we do. We often think that we got it planned out how God should do it, how God should answer my prayer. God, I got it all mapped out for you. See, this is what's going to happen, God. I'm going to move from this job to that job because that job's paying more on the hour than this job is paying right now. So God, this is how I think we should do this. I think you should give me that job because that job's paying me more. But often what we don't see down the line is this, that job's going to be over in just a little bit. Or that job's not going to treat you like that job is going to treat you. See, we, we often don't know and we don't see what God sees. And the leper here, he goes to God not presuming to know what God's will is, but he does go, going, God, if it's your will, I know you've got the power to do it, but God, whatever it is you want, that's what I'll take. The fact is this, God is an awesome God who knows what we need and he can do whatever he wants to do. 
God is an all-powerful God. He can do anything at all. There's nothing that God cannot do. But that does not mean that God will do everything that we ask Him to do. It doesn't mean that He's going to do it just because we ask. Why? Because often, if it doesn't fit in with God's will, if it doesn't fit in with God's plan, if it doesn't fit in with God's purposes He has for our lives... So what is the purpose of our lives? To worship God, to be part of the church, to learn, to be more like Him. The Bible teaches us that there's one thing about every person in this place tonight that has a purpose in God. What is it, preacher? It's to bring glory and honor to Him. It's to bring honor and glory to the Lord. That's why he that's why he tells us. uh, And let me say this. I heard some voices behind me tonight that were singing. And I promise you this. If if you don't if you don't get on this stage and sing, I'm going to call you out. I'm just going to go ahead because there were some voices and behind me that my ears perked up on. And I could hear some uh, beautiful angelic voices going on behind me singing. So I know that I know that I know that God's given some people a a, a voice that can sing. Hallelujah. And if you don't use the things that God, God's not giving you that voice so you can sing in the shower. God's not giving you that voice so you can sing to your boyfriend. God's giving you that voice so you can glorify the Lord Jesus Christ inside the house of God with your gift. You and my life are to bring glory and honor to God. It's not about what you... I tell people all the time, everything that God's blessed you with is not for you. You've been blessed with this, you've been blessed with that. It's not a ba- That is not for you. It's for you to use it for the glory of God. Your house, your car, whatever means God's blessed you with. I I, I will say this. I I, I admire Myra here. She'll pick anybody in the world up and bring them to church. She'll go by. And there's several of you that do that. Sarah, I've seen you do it before. I've seen Mike do it. I've seen Dennis. Dennis go pick him in. Lord Jesus. (laughs) Dennis will drag him in. If If he's got to buy him a pack of cigarettes, he'll bring them. Bless God. I, I'm not, I'm not picking, I love that. This, I love that. I love that. I love that because you're using what God has given you to get somebody. You're using it for His glory. You're using it for His glory. Every gift has been given to us to be used for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians tells us these things. Chapter 6, I don't got time to go there. But Ephesians 1, it tells us these things as well. And if we're honest tonight, we would have to admit that not everything we pray for will bring glory to God. If we were honest with one another tonight, everything we pray for is not always about bringing glory and honor to God. We pray for a promotion on a job or we, 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 who's going to get the benefit? Us or God? We pray that God would provide us a, 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 a <laughs> We pray for God to provide a, 
top of the line vehicle for the bottom of the line price. (laughs) God, I know I need something reliable in my price range. Let it be a Mercedes. Hallelujah. Let it only have about 25,000 miles on it. Lord Jesus, let it have a clean title. Hallelujah, let it have a new set of Michelin tires on it. And Lord God, oh, if it be your will, Lord Jesus, let me get it for $1,500. And we get up off an altar like God's going to snap his fingers and say, it's waiting for you in the parking lot. Now, there may be a preacher that tell you that, but you ain't going to get it from here. How many of us have seen prayers or no prayer? I'm not telling you not to pray for nice things. I don't want you to leave this place and say, well, preachers, they don't, we all got to be poor and, and got to walk around looking crazy. I didn't say that. It's not wrong to pray for nice things or good things or to have good things or none of that's wrong. God's blessed you with it. God, you, you can enjoy it. But I think God is a loving God and he loves to give us good things. As a matter of fact, I, I, I believe what John 10 and 10 says that Jesus said that he come that we may have life. We may have it more abundantly that we should have more than enough. I believe that and I know that to be true. But even little things like a, a, a car or, 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 or a meeting that goes good. Sometimes we ask for these things, but it's not really to give God glory. It's really because we want these things. And this is why Jesus taught us to pray according to God's will. Matthew 6 verses 9 through 13 You know that very well. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom, thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it would be done in heaven. It's not our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, my will be done. (laughs) We pray sometimes that doesn't bring glory to God. What a great test for the thing we ask. Are we going to bring God's glory before we ask it? The leper comes and he says, I know you can, if it's your will. Jesus also uh, exemplified this type of praying for his disciples. He, He prayed according to God's will. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was wrestling with the pain, when he was wrestling with the agony of going to the cross, and the boy says, Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me. Jesus could have very well took the cup for himself. The Bible says he could have called ten thousands of his angels to come take him off the cross. He didn't have to go there, but he, he prayed as God, if it's in your will, let it pass from me. Let, let, if it's your will, God. We see this principle born out in other scriptures too. 1 John 5, uh, John 15. Over and over and over, we see the your will, God, your will, your will. I love John 14. He says in in verse 14, if you ask in my name, anything in my name, I'll do it. Uh, In Jesus' name is not a magic formula. This is not something we just tack on to to the end of a prayer. Uh, 
Don't forget in Jesus' name on that. The context of this, this promise is that Jesus is saying that his disciples will keep doing what he's doing if they have faith. If, if they'll keep walking within the Father's will. If they will follow him. If they'll be a disciple and not just be a church member. If they will continue to follow him. He's not saying that, boy, that uh, the Mercedes will be waiting on you. He's not saying that the paycheck uh, with the, it's going to be waiting on you. What he's saying is if you will continue to walk in this way, you'll be in my will. The Christian life is not a bed of roses. The leper in Luke's gospel here, he asked according to God's will. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The second thing I want you to know, and I'm going to hurry. Here, it's not that the leper did not need to ask again and again and again and again and again. Jesus heard him the first time. He didn't have to keep on and keep on and keep on with God. Jesus heard him. He didn't have to wear God out. He didn't have to bargain with God. Here, here. Here. Lord, if you'll just get me through this, I promise. I promise I will tithe like I'm supposed to. God, if you'll get me through this, I promise I'll never miss another Sunday. God, if you'll get me through this, I promise I'll never do it again. The leper didn't say, God, if you've, I promise you, Lord, if you'll take this leprosy away from me. I, what I'm getting at is you can't bargain with God. You can't bargain with God. That doesn't mean that there's not a need for a persistent prayer, uh, an earnest praying, because we're, we're encouraged to preserve in persistent and uh, persisting prayer. First Timothy five and five, First Thessalonians three and ten. That uh, it encourages us to persist in prayer. What I'm talking about tonight, though, is, is, is not trying to, uh, uh, trying to blackmail God or trying to uh, uh, make, make God feel sorry for you. Crocodile tears is what I'm going with this, okay? You can't crocodile tear God into doing something. I know you see it all the time working in the ministry you work in. And you know, let me tell you what happened. I know what happened. Okay? I know what really happened. You tell me your story, but I already know the truth. Crocodile tears. I don't know how many times I've seen crocodile tears shed on an altar of prayer. Trying to bargain with God. We had a guy a couple, about a year ago, boy, he, he, he crocodile teared us good, didn't he, Dennis? He crocodiled us real good. He was a vet and everything. Struggling. Had a daughter. Didn't have no place to go. He crocodiled us really good. Had the whole good story to go along with it. See, there's a difference between bargaining with God and being persistent in our prayer life. 
He wasn't trying to bargain with God. He was asking in faith for God to do something. And three, I know I I, I got to hurry. The third thing that I want you to know is always allowing God to answer. You see, the leper waited on Jesus for his answer. I want you to get this. Because just because, and you listen to me, and you listen good. Just because you're here and you pray and God didn't email you the results like that. Or you get back to your seat and you don't get a text message that says prayer answered. Doesn't mean God didn't hear you. The leper asked, God, I know you can do it. If it's your will. But then he waits for a reply from God. The answer that Jesus gives is immediate and it's a positive answer, but it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes we don't hear anything. Sometimes we don't feel like we made it past the ceiling. But when we pray for God's will to be done, we've got to understand we are reminded that while we can ask anything once asked, we need to hand it over to a loving and a gracious God and allow him to answer according to his will. In other words like this, let me say this to you. If God says no, it's good for you. If you've been praying for something and you and, 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 and it seems... If God says no, it's good for you. If God, if God says wait, it's good for you. If God says yes, it's good for you. Too often we demand an answer right then and right there. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes the preacher can get really, really impatient. Uh, I'm, just being, I'm just sharing, being honest with you tonight. Sometimes I can. Because... I know what God has shown me. <laughs> and and, and I'm, I'm confident in what God told me when I, when I come to this. I'm confident. I will, I'm confident in knowing what God told me when I accepted a pastor here. I am confident in that. But sometimes <laughs> I look around and I go, Now, God, we're going on two years. Your timetables and mine timetables just ain't adding up. But then God reminded me of something just the other day, Daryl. You know, we've seen 300% growth here. 300% growth. <laughs> we've seen three. three uh, you look around and say, Lord, how did that happen? We've seen 300% growth. And we got another one going to join tonight. Sometimes we got to let God answer and just... Too often we demand that answer and God's got something else for us. Let me close with this. God answers in four different ways. First, if the request is wrong, God's going to say no. It may be that we have the wrong motives or the request doesn't line up with his will. It's not going to bring him glory. The request is wrong, God's going to say no. If the timing is wrong, God's going to say slow. 
slow down. If the timing is wrong, God will say slow. Slow down. Slow is not a no. You got that right. Slow is not a no. Slow is simply slow down. If the timing is not right, God will slow you down. All children hate the words not yet. Daddy, are we there? Not yet. Uh, I'm so bored. Uh, Say, Lord Jesus, we're just going 10 minutes down the road. Can you possibly be that bored from here to there? Uh, If the timing is wrong, God will say, slow down. If you are wrong, God will say, grow. Now, this is the one we don't like. If you are wrong, God will tell you to grow. Sometimes there are blockages to our prayers being answered. And the most common one is prayerlessness. Prayerlessness. It's a mouthful. James 4 and 2 says you, you have not. Why? Because you ask not. And when you, ask, and, you ask, and when you do ask, you ask amiss. In other words, you ask out of something crazy. See, a blockage is unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin in your life is so automatic. Grow up. Grow a little bit. We'll talk later. <laughs> sin limits the potential of a Christian life. Unresolved conflict hinders. Selfishness, if you pray, pray, pray out of selfishness, hinders. Uncaring attitudes, Proverbs tells us all about that, hinders. Inadequate faith, James 1 tells us all about that. But if the request is right, listen, I'm done. If the request is right and the timing is right and you are right, God says go. God says go. For the leper of this day, the request was right. Jesus Jesus did come to bring healing to the sick. The timing was right. Jesus' ministry had begun and he was drawing people into the kingdom. And the leper was right. He humbly submitted himself to God's will and God said go. But in another situation... Where the request was wrong, the timing was wrong, or the person was not ready, Jesus would have answered the prayer. It would have simply been no slow or grow. And that would have been the correct, correct answer according to God's sovereign will. God's answer is always right. But it often takes faith and trust to believe that what he does is right. Maybe you're here tonight and you've got a problem with unanswered prayer. Maybe you're here tonight and you feel like you've been praying for six months for this to happen. I just want to challenge you and ask you, are you right? First and foremost, are you right? Are you praying in the right spirit? Are you listening to God? Because I can promise you, God's given you an answer. You may not have accepted that answer, but God's given you an answer. Are you right? Is the request right? Are you asking for your good or for the good of the will of God, for the glory of God? 
God hears, God answers, and he answers according to his will. It may not be what we expect. It may not be what we want. But I want you to be assured tonight that it is the best thing for you. You stand. They're going to get us a song of invitation. We're going to open up these altars tonight. Maybe you have something you need to pray about. Maybe you need to come and be just like this leper and say, God, I know you can, but if it's your will, let it be done. Father, Lord Jesus in heaven, we love you tonight and thank you. God, I look around tonight and Lord, I've got, I could find anything to complain about. But Lord, I got more to be thankful about. God, I want your will to be done for this body of believers. I want your will to be done for the request of those that are sick. God, even when I physically, mentally, and emotionally don't understand, God, help me as I lead the flock, as I lead your people. Help me, dear God, when I don't understand to be able to humbly and truthfully say it's your will and it's the right way. God, help me not to waver from that. Father, bless this invitational call and bless your people. Give help where help is needed. Speak to hearts, change lives, and we'll thank you for what you do. In the name of Jesus, we pray tonight. Amen and amen. You got a need tonight, you come.